Thank you, God, that you are the God that turns graves into gardens, that you bring us new life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Yes, you can have a seat. My name's Troy Heller, uh, Pastor Family Ministries here at, that's right here, right where you are and, and right where you tuned in. So, uh, so excited to see you guys today. Um, there's a few things about today that I'm excited about with, uh, with this passage. It's, uh, it seems real simple to talk about this treasure inside of us, inside our earthly vessels, so jars of clay. And, and like Brett, uh, I have some, uh, some thoughts about jars of clay that kind of right at the prime of God grabbing hold of my heart. I'd you know, listen to some jars of clay songs and, and all those things. But I don't want us to get past, before I even get started today, the fact that there is a treasure inside of you. So last week, we all came together and we celebrated Jesus' resurrection. All hope was lost, and Jesus rose from the dead, and we celebrated that. Man, it felt great. But it didn't stop there, because then when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit to live and dwell inside of us. And that Holy Spirit is living and active. So if you, if you are someone that said, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you... Uh, I'm asking you to be Lord of my life. I recognize that, that I'm a sinner, that I can't do this on my own. Then God has given you a gift, a treasure. So here I am right now, I'm laying all my cards out on the table for you. The things that I want you to be able to come away from today. You, you've come here to church today. All of us have a full day in front of us uh, for the rest of the day. Some of, some of us have some awesome plans uh, of of things that we'll do with family or we're thinking about lunch or whatever it might happen to be. Uh, I know I'm, I'm kind of excited to win a volleyball tournament uh, in the wind in just a little while. So, and, and if you ask nicely, I can see if my team will be available to do autographs. But anyway, it is all tongue-in-cheek, guys. I love to have fun and I love to laugh, and so please know that. But there is a treasure that dwells inside of you. So when we ask Jesus into our hearts, a treasure is living and active inside of us. So over the next, um, over the next six weeks, we get to dive in and to look at some characters of the Bible, uh, and we get to see what it looks like for when God shows up in their life. And so today, of course, I've chosen one, but I want to spend just a little bit of time looking at the passage um, and recognizing that the reason or looking at why God why would God put his treasure inside of us? So you and I show up here. We have different factors that are, for, that are working on us. Sometimes we feel incredibly strong. Other times we feel really weak. And Satan takes advantage of that. And so sometimes we, we start to think things that aren't true about ourselves and about God and about others. And so we need to ground ourselves in with the treasure uh, that is living and active inside of us. And so, uh, so today... Uh, we get, to, we get to dive right in and to talk about that, this new way uh, in which Jesus, uh, recognizing his promise inside of all of us. So in the, in the Bibles in your seat back pocket, on page 1159, if you want to take a look at that, those of you guys that, that know how to use the Bible app, uh, if you have the Bible app, you can click on that, find the little uh, events tab, and you can follow right along with the scripture there. Also, while I'm at it, 
because we believe that, that we can be so much better at recognizing the treasure that's inside of us when we're together, like everything that Beth just shared up here for announcements, uh, those are all ways that we want to see people connect with one another because we can help to remind one another that, oh yeah, there's something inside of me and it's pretty awesome. I guess I'd call it a uh, treasure. Um, so, but on page 1159, here's this passage that, we're, uh, that this whole series is, is set on. It says, uh, starting with verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power from God is not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Sometimes uh, the fragility of, of who we are uh, makes it hard for us to believe that there actually is this treasure inside of us. But God's put it there for a reason because we're fragile and so we can show who he is. So let me give you another uh, translation here. This is from the message translation. And I'm going to read a little bit of the verses on either side of that passage that I just shared with you. Uh, because I feel like it helps to give us some good context, and then we'll move on and we'll, we'll check in with our, our character for today. So it says, if our message is obscure to anyone, it's not, because you're, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is the fashionable God of the darkness. They think he can give them all that they want, and that they won't have to bother believing the, a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ, who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. So when I read this at first, like if I'm someone who's, who's not subscribed to or trusted in Jesus, I read that and it feels like it's a little bit harsh. But the other translation will talk about a veil that exists. And for some of us, uh, when, when you come to a point of being able to say, Jesus, I want to trust you, it's, it describes a veil that's lifted. And we'll look at uh, some scripture that goes with that in just a second. But for those of us that there's something that just stands in the way, there's this veil that just is sitting there. And it keeps us from being able to trust Jesus and, and to want to uh, live life for him. And so that's really what we're describing there in that first part. So remember our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus Christ the master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with life as we saw and understood God in, face, in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Now here's the part that we recognize. If you only look at us, you might miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much of a chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. 
What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at a constant risk for Jesus' sake, which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we were going, while we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. This treasure that Jesus has given us when he ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit inside of us, he's given us approval, he's given us confidence, he's given us purpose, he's given us hope, he's given us peace, he's given us security, and it's all tucked right inside of you. And yet so often, I'm also that guy, this is humbling, right? Because I'm that guy that's like, I'm looking for a treasure elsewhere and not recognizing the treasure that's, uh, that's been tucked right inside of me. Uh, so we lose track of that. We lose track of this treasure and we forget to, uh, we forget to recognize uh, Jesus at work. And I love the moments, you guys, that God gives us when we can recognize that Jesus is living and active and he's around us. So there are some things in your life that you might, you might think about or remember that are just pivotal moments. Moments that you can just always, uh, in the Old Testament, they would talk about standing up a stone so that people would look at that stone and they go, well, what's that stone there for? Well, let me tell you, it's because God did this. And so I hope that each of us have something in our lives that you can think back to that you're like, God did that. And those are huge pivotal moments. And if we have time, I'll share one of those uh, from my life in just a little while. But for right now, there are also small moments when we just recognize, oh yeah, God, you're there. So throughout the Lenten season, one of the things that, that I recognize when we talked about uh, adding something to your life or taking away f- some things from your life. There have been years where, uh, where I've chosen to not drink pop during the Lenten season, and that's what, that helps me to remember or stay connected to the treasure inside of me. The, there's times where I'll do something uh, maybe even sillier, like not waste ketchup. Um, but whatever it is, I know I'm a piece of work. Uh, it's a clay pot like right here. Um, so Tim was like, Hey, who could we get to best represent and kick this series off? Uh, that would be maybe most fragile and cracked pot. Uh, and anyway, okay. So where was I? So during this time, this particular, uh, Lenten season, I had been in this habit of, I love mindless television before I go to bed. And so, so I love to just get real tired just watching things that don't matter on, on TV. And, uh, and so I thought, you know what? During this Lenten season, uh, I'm going to stop doing that, and I'm going to read a book. And so then I was talking to Suze about it, and you're like, wow, Troy, good job. Way to read a book. Um, and I was talking to Suze about it, and she's like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like a great idea. And, uh, and so then we turned it into doing a devotional together. Right, So we started doing this devotional together, and it was really awesome. And just throwing this out there, like if you've never done that before, like give it a shot. Just look at the other person and say, hey, you want to read something together? And you can be like, oh my gosh, let's do that. And it was great. But let me tell you about a time that God just showed up. And it's kind of embarrassing, and it's a little bit humbling. So Suze, if you ever need a volunteer, just ask Suze, because she volunteers for lots of things. And so, uh, so she was out volunteering, loving Jesus and loving others. And, uh, and I, was, I was at home and, and it was just Rye, my fourth grader and I, and we, we had an amazing evening uh, of just hanging out and 
<clears throat> maybe, maybe it wasn't so amazing, but so we watched a little TV, we hung out, played a little chess, you know, things like that. So then we're headed upstairs, and I'm thinking like, okay, I've got this plan, I've got this game plan, it's time to uh, just read and go to bed uh, and get him set up. And then Suze came in right in the middle of, of that part, and she's like, oh, you need to take a shower, go take a shower. And I was like, what the heck? You're going to come in here and just take, take over this, this fabulous situation that I've got going on here? Like, I'm the dad. I'm a superstar dad right now. And uh, so I get all kind of frust- flustered on the inside <clears throat> and the outside. And, uh, <laughs> and so you guys know how it goes, right? The darn clay pots. And they just start kind of doing this. So it's a day later. Uh, we open up our devotional. And, and I kid you not, this devotional is like word for word of uh, how I should believe the, how we should believe the best in our spouse. We should always believe the best in our spouse. And it starts listing off situations or times when you should maybe, when maybe you would be confronted with needing to recognize uh, that your spouse has your best interest at heart and that you're a team and those things. And you guys, I was just like, whoopsh. So God's at work all the time, and sometimes he just has to make it really clear, okay? So, you know, there were some apologies and, you know, things of that sort. I don't really want to talk about those here now. But that was a moment when I recognized, again, that God is still living and active, and his spirit is inside working around me. And, you guys, it was, it was a huge... Uh, just faith builder again. So, yes, you can give me a hard time about being a dork, okay? There, green light. So in this series, we're going to look at some different people of the Bible to uncover God's power working through their weakness. If you know anything about David's life, and that's who we're going to talk about today, David's life, so we've got another uh, while here to be going through David's life. Um, actually, I landed on just the very beginning. When, when David shows up on the scene, because I feel like that's a pivotal moment that hopefully uh, we can maybe relate to. So, um, my next steps for you, I'm going to give you a little preview of what your next steps are going to be. So, we're going to read a section of David showing up on the scene, and I love this about God's Word, because once you start reading stories in the Old Testament, if you'll allow yourself just to open up the Bible and start reading the story, before you know it, chapter after chapter after chapter. Even if you know the story, you're like, oh my gosh, how does this go down? And you want to read it, and you want to let that happen. So your next steps are to do that. That we're going to start in uh, 1 Samuel 16 today, and then your next step is to just let that, let that wave just continue to, to flow through and to, to read that. And then I want you to ask some questions like, what do you notice about God? What's he like? Why do you suppose this story was repeated over and over uh, through the oral tradition so that, uh, so that we would be aware of that? What do we need to learn about God through that? Uh, what was David, I'm sorry, what does David's story say about us? What does it say about you? Uh, and if you want to take that a step further, maybe you just invite somebody to read that with you and, and then have those conversations together and, and see what, what God might do. Okay, so here we go. Uh, This is on page 283, and I'm going to pick up here where, uh, let's see. So the Lord, okay, so God sent Samuel, a priest, uh, to anoint a king to replace Saul. 
Saul started messing things up. Uh, And God told Samuel that the new king would be one of Jesse's sons. So that's where we're picking up right now. So the Lord said to Samuel, and now we're looking at verse 4. 1 Samuel, verse 4. It's on page 283, if you want to use a seat back pockets. It says, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be a king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, this is always good advice. Take a heifer uh, with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. He arrived in Bethlehem. The elders of the town trembled uh, when they... When they met him and they asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So guys, when I read this story, and typically like in a narrative, like in a children's Bible or something like that, I, and, and because of my, uh, my, I don't really have a soccer background, but I married a soccer background. And so I always picture this where, where all, of, all of Jesse's sons are going to come in and they're going to line up just like you do before a, a soccer game and they check your shin guards and they check and make sure that your cleats are appropriate and stuff. But in this situation, like this is all premeditated. So consecrating yourself means that you take a, a, a precious resource like water and you actually bathe, cleanse yourself. You do other things to make sure that you're ready. So it takes some time and some thought to be ready uh, to consecrate yourself Uh, for a sacrifice. And so when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his, his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by, and uh, Samuel said, nor has the Lord, the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Are, are these all the sons that you have? And uh, by golly, uh, Jesse says, they're still the youngest. Uh, He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had the fine appearance and handsome features. Oh my gosh, guys. So this this story has been passed along orally, right? And what did we just read before? How does the Lord recognize people? Not by the, uh, oh yeah, the outsert. But here, just so you know, here's a little something you want to know maybe about David. Uh, He was glowing with health, and he had a fine appearance and handsome features, so you got that. Uh, So fine, actually, that they forgot about him. Okay, then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. So I'm going to do a little bit of projecting here. 
I'm just going to think about David and his situation, and maybe some of the thoughts or feelings that he had, uh, maybe some of the things that were going on inside of his head. And you guys, I, we could talk about a million things in David's life. As I prepared to be here today, I prayed and I thought and I looked at faces and I think about us as individuals and I think, what might God need us to hear today? And I hope that as, as we consider our earthen vessels, these clay jars that are so stinking fragile, uh, I hope that you're going to hear something today from maybe what David had felt that might be able to help you to be able to feel encouraged and keep going. So maybe David felt uh, that he was unnoticed or unseen. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to think maybe David felt like, oh my gosh, what, what am I? I'm not, I'm not even invited to the sacrifice. You know, there's a chance that David thought, hey, they believe enough in me that I get to stay here and be in charge of, uh, be in charge of the sheep and, and take care of things. It's possible. Uh, but more possible maybe is that he felt that he was unnoticed. Oh, so I'm number eight. I don't matter. He's left out. Maybe some of us are dealing with situations in our jobs where you're passed over by something. Somebody else just glows a little more on the outside, and you're like, what? Or maybe you're, uh, maybe you're a spouse, and you feel like your spouse is just coming and going. And maybe there's something that Satan's doing in there to kind of to make you focus on your, your clay vessel there that's, that's taking you away from being able to see the truth of the, the treasure that's inside of you and the treasure of your relationship. But still, maybe you feel unnoticed. Um, maybe you're a student and you're in a friend group and, and you got left out of the group text. Or, or there's, uh, there's a new app that we use that's called the Be Real app and it, it it pops on at some certain time during the day and you're supposed to take a picture with your front camera and your back camera and then, which I don't have, they told me I was too old to get it, so, but I've just heard stories. But I keep thinking like, what about those times when, when I'm sitting at my house, the thing goes off and then all the people that I love and think love me are somewhere else in, in someone else's camera zone. And I'm like, man, this really stinks. I feel unnoticed, I feel left out. I feel maybe like David did. When we trust Jesus, you have a treasure inside of you you're known, you're noticed, invited or not. So I, what I see in Samuel here is, I'm sorry, in, in David here, in Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. So David continued to do what the Lord had put in front of him. He was just continuing to put the next step forward and do the, do the right thing. I don't share that verse to be dismissive of feelings that we might have, uh, in some cases, maybe we do just need to, to keep trudging along and doing what God's placed in front of us. Psalm 139 uh, helps us out a lot. It says, it's, it's actually David who, who writes it, but he talks about how God knows when we sit, he knows when we stand, he knows when we lay down, he knows our words before we speak. You are noticed and God recognizes you. Listen to the treasure and not the cracks in your clay pot. Here's another one. Uh, maybe David felt that he was not good enough. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, someone thought that David wasn't worthy. Uh, do you suppose God felt that way about David? Doesn't seem like it. Uh, does God feel that way about you? Are you not good enough? 
Sometimes we want to start to believe that, uh, that lie. Sometimes Satan wants to continue to dig that in on us. Uh, so how do we keep this truth in front of us? Where's your treasure? Remember, the, the Lord does not look on, uh, at things that people look at. People look at outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We have an identity. God entrusts you with a precious treasure inside of you. And so to let that speak as opposed to the outside, folk, uh, the outside voices uh, that we follow. Here's another thing that maybe David thought. Maybe uh, he felt disconnected. Maybe he was feeling a little lonely. Uh, I'm guessing that sitting in a field over time can lead toward uh, feeling disconnected, thinking about where other people are. I love this generation because they use this, uh, this little acronym, and you guys all probably know this already, but FOMO. So I remember when I was growing up that it was a bad thing to recognize that I had a fear of missing out on something, a fear of being left out. But they'll talk about having FOMO openly, and, uh, and that just means a fear of missing out. And, and so maybe David's sitting there in the field, and he's thinking like, God, everybody else is at this sacrifice. And I've heard whispers of what might be going on there. And, uh, and I'm not invited. I'm missing out on that. Sometimes, as we, as we have those things, the very things that you and I are doing now that we try to, we try to do to, to make our lives more productive or to streamline our efficiency are the very things that, that further isolate us or disconnect us. Think about things like this. Uh, who's ordered their groceries online and then just gone to pick them up? Anybody? It's really nice, right? But tell me this. Do you have the stories of, oh, I ran into, uh, I ran into Wilma or I ran into to Bob, and oh my gosh, he just carried on for, goodness, for a long, long time. Well, even those things that slow our lives down, those are connecting points. Those things help us to recognize that people are valuable, that we're not alone. Sometimes even the most seemingly connected person can feel totally isolated and disconnected. So there's things like that. There's things like our garage doors. Maybe try shutting off your garage door. Uh, mechanism for a little while and, and do it by hand and see if you <laughs> see if people start asking questions. Hey, I know a good garage door guy. And you're like, oh yeah, tell me more about that. And then, then along you go. So think about sending someone a text versus a phone call versus stopping by. When's the last time that we've done anything like that? Uh, in student ministry, we used to talk about how if a student were, were not pre- were wasn't able to come for three weeks, uh, they would start to feel disconnected and we would most likely not see them again for a long time. And so we would fight really hard uh, to help students to stay connected. We would show up at games, we'd show up at schools, we'd put ourselves uh, in places where we felt pretty uncomfortable. Uh, Like, I promise I'm not stalking you, I just care about you and I'd love to uh, keep you connected and help you to feel comfortable. And you guys, I'll do that to your workplace if you need me to. Yeah, Uh, There's some some guys here. (laughs) Uh, But it's so valuable for us to be able to stay connected. Um, We need one another. You're not forgotten. God sees you. Uh, Maybe there's times where we just need to work faithfully uh, like David did 
and he just continued to do what he needed to do. And, uh, and then God shows up and he gives this pivotal moment, a moment that you would think that David would always be able to look back on, that he would say, you know what? I know that God is present in my life because I was sitting there in the field, or maybe he was working hard on the field, I don't know, but I always picture him just sitting there, just feeling left out. So I was there, and then you know what happened? Oh my gosh, you guys, you know what happened? God came and got me. And then before I knew it, he was like, hey, you're going to be king. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm a little concerned. And then you keep reading the rest of the story. But you would think that in whatever situation, and you see, you see times of, of triumph in David's life where you're like, oh my gosh, he's trusting God. Like, I have no idea how he's doing this. This is so amazing. How did he not take things into his own hands? How does he continue to trust God? And then there's other times where you're like, oh, good Lord, David. Have you forgotten that you were just sitting there and God pulled you out and clearly he's got a plan for you, but you're trying to take things into your own hands and you just made a really, really dumb mistake. And so as you read that and you see, and wouldn't it be cool if you and I, as we read this story, if we could think about our own lives and think, God, you did this in my life, whether it's something simple like you're doing a devotional and God said, hey, I'm here. You should probably not think poor things about your wife or whatever and so he just shows up or maybe it's a significant thing where you guys I used to be a high school science teacher I never dreamed of being a church I never dreamed of standing here and you know what God showed up and I'll share the story sometime but he just plucked me right out of there and he said and and somebody said hey you should come you should come work at at New Cove at your church and I was like mm, what God can do that and I know he's done that in your lives God sees you, he loves you, he cares about you, and we need to remember the reference points that God's planted in our lives and not let go of those things. So, uh, I want to make Tim proud, so I'm going to keep going, because there's, there's one other part. I appreciate you guys. Isn't this fun? Uh, one other part in this passage that I don't feel like we talk about. You guys, I talked a little bit about this veil that exists for some people. And, there's, and I've had conversations with people, and they're like, I, dude, I just can't, I can't subscribe to that. The fact that there was a man named Jesus, and that he died, and then he rose again, and there's too many things that are there that I just can't, uh, I can't get on board with. If we would just be willing to have conversations, real conversations about those things. So maybe you're sitting in this room, and you're like, hey, I'm here in this room, at a church, and I don't really believe this. What are the things? What are the things that, that are holding you up? Is, there, is it something like intellectual? Is there something that you're like, man, if I could just get a, a good reason uh, to understand this component, what is it? Is it something that, that someone said to you that maybe did subscribe to those feelings or did subscribe to the belief and, and say that they had a, a treasure inside of them, that they wronged you in some way? Is that what... Uh, hinders you from choosing to follow Jesus? What are those things? And let's talk about those things. Because in a moment, God can lift that veil from our eyes and then we can trust in the things, the very things that we don't see. And then you know that you have hope, that you have purpose, that you have security, that you have community. You have all these things, this treasure, a God who's living and active inside of you. And then we can help others to know him and to find purpose as well. So again, I'll invite the band to come back up here. But your next steps are simply this. Would you 
Pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Start reading. Just read it. Next step on top of that is to say, hey, would you read this with me? Maybe it's someone in your household. Maybe it's someone outside your household. Whatever it is, that's your next step. Uh, And then the last part is maybe you'd have a conversation. Just be willing to have an open conversation with, hey, here's my holdup. I don't know what I think about this. God's big enough. He plucked David out of a field. He plucked me out of a classroom. Uh, and then, I guess the last challenge, if you want to just, if you need me to write this down, like on the communication card thing that's there, or I would love to have a prayer request, but if you need me to show up at your workplace to help you to feel connected, I would do that. Isn't this great? All right, let me pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thanks for an opportunity to be able to uh, to recognize this treasure inside of us. God, we trust you. May you be at work in and around us, and may, uh, may we let that treasure just grow inside of us, and may we listen to the treasure more than we listen uh, to these clay pots that we are that house that treasure. Thanks for the way that you love us. Amen.